and welcome to another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Austin Huff, sports editor, Goshen News, with you, Evan Lee Pack, Goshen News Sports reporter, also here. Hello. Hey. How are you? It's uh, it's been a good week. Yeah. You know, it's all been a blur. There's been a lot going on. Yeah. I'm just trying to recover, but we still have a long week ahead of us this week too. But yeah. uh, I'm the best feeling... part, the best part of the week is like I haven't seen you in like four days. That's been the best part, obviously. You haven't seen me in like since last Thursday, dude. This is six Wednesday. days. Yeah, it's been the best part. It's like, oh, thank God. Like it could have been anyone just writing the stories than just putting your name on there the last couple of days. I maybe that's why your writing's been so good. Obviously, it's just been someone else doing the writing, of course. Well, there's been proof. There's photos and things. Well, you at least were standing around Joe Salazar on Monday. That doesn't mean we're actually working, you know. You just, you know, it looks good for the picture, so. I was at plenty of events. I know. So were you. I know. I'm just ribbing you. I was at plenty of events as well. We'll talk about all of them. So is our our guy Steve Craw. Steve Craw did a great job for us this week. Um, Ratings machine for this podcast, by the way. Our most listened to episode last month was with Steve Craw. So, so thank thanks, you Steve. to everyone who listened to that. Appreciate it, Steve. Yeah. And I do to too. everyone who listened to it. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and all the listeners oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So busy past. We, we're taping this on Wednesday instead of Tuesday because we wanted to wait for softball uh, regional games to be completed. So we're going to talk about that. And, uh, well, yeah, all of our softball teams are officially done now. So a couple tough losses last night for Northridge and Westview. Um, we'll start with the closer of the two games, I guess. one nothing east side over Westview. Uh, Warriors lost five games this year, three of them to east side. That's, a, that's tough. And, uh, Evan, it was uh, – I mean, you were there. Let's talk about Westview in general. I mean, they, it ends, you know, with a tough uh, regional loss, but they had an incredible Saturday. Alexis Antel had an incredible Saturday. Uh, speak a little bit about her weekend – Tuesday's game a little bit. You were you were there for both those uh, both those contests. So I was there for Saturday night. Saturday night, not the not the win over Fairfield, mm-hmm. but I was there for Saturday night and I was there for Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't really. It's kind of hard to <laughs> explain the stuff that I saw from Alexis Antle. Honestly, um, I haven't been more impressed by a single performance. As long as I've been here, and maybe ever, that I've been covering sports. So, so let's 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 see. Uh, I started covering sports like four years ago. So over the past four years, I mean that individual performance, I've never seen anything like it. And I was actually like legitimately like wowed. And it takes a lot for me to do that. So, yeah. so congrats, Alexis, <laughs> for making me wowed. Uh, wow. But yeah. Uh, wow single-handedly not single-handedly obviously but she was an intri- integral integral in- integral, integral. It looks i, I like think integral. i've said integral before it looks like integral but it's integral an integral part of that team i mean bremen's a really solid team they'd lost him in the regular season obviously Antel didn't pitch but she shut she shut down that that lineup that had scored 20 runs against prairieites you know to advance to the championship game so it wasn't like Bremen was a slouch of a team. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Fairfield wasn't either. They also lost to Fairfield in the regular season. But, I mean, we we talked about the numbers 
on over the weekend. We tweeted it. Uh huh. You tweeted it more so. You ret- yeah. you retweeted it though. I did so give you that is technically me tweeting it in a sense. Yes. So it counts. Yeah. But uh, two wins in two games. You got twenty innings pitched. I mean that's two extra inning games. I mean, unreal. Forty strikeouts in those two games. Yeah. And you only allow one earned run, and you get your you help lead your team to its first sectional title in softball history, the, the program's history. So I mean, unreal. So I just wanted to bask in that for a little bit. Yeah. Before we get to the sad part, obviously. Yeah, the <laughs> end. <laughs> and unfortunately ended on Tuesday. But, man, that was just following that, following the updates Saturday night. Um, it was unbelievable, you know, to see what she was doing. Follow it on Game Changer a little bit. See your tweets, everyone else's kind of tweets, reactions. Um, it's bottom, bottom of the ninth. Two hundred. I forgot, to, I forgot yeah. to mention that. I mean, give up a leadoff triple. Right. No outs. You strike out three of the next four batters, and you give your team life, and that's all they needed was that extra opportunity. I mean, amazing. Yeah, she was uh, unbelievable and just an incredible, you know, uh, day. And, like, that is something that people in Emma, Topeka, Shipshawana, all the communities that make up Westview High School, like, they will be talking about that day and that performance forever. Mm-hmm. Like, she's going to be a legend. She's going to be immortalized in Westview Athletics history just for that Saturday performance alone. Uh, yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. And, then, like, and, then, yes. and, then, and then it got sad on Tuesday. But, like, they played She's, Eastside well. Yeah. I mean, they, there's... First of all, Eastside this season, they have a great chance of winning state, honestly, mm-hmm. in 2A. Let's be honest. I mean, twenty. they're now 26-1 and one after winning yesterday. And, I mean... For good reason. I mean, they're stacked. And Westview, like we had mentioned, this is their third time playing them. And the other two times weren't as close as this one. The first first game was 5 nothing. Second game was 9-2. They gave them all they had in this regional, which uh, which was impressive. I mean, a one nothing on the road. And the crowd was huge. It was a massive crowd. It was, I didn't take a picture like you. You know, you're like, oh, cool, cool crowd here at Northridge. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I didn't I do was that. surprised. Northridge, Northridge was a great crowd. We'll talk about that a little bit. But yeah, Westview East Side. Yep, Nat- Natalie Lauer. It could be lower, but it's probably Lauer. I think it's I'm, lower. I'm, I'm, you think it's lower? Isn't it L O W E R? I mean, you would think it could be lower, but it could also be Lauer. It could be higher. <laughs> uh-huh. But she's a great pitcher. She really silenced Westview's bats. But Alexis did just enough as well on the other side. But the teams were scoreless through four. Are you making a face over there? Bro? No, I'm looking, you're looking at, at <laughs> looking at my notes. <laughs> Looks like you're smiling. Like somebody texted you and you're no, laughing right now. No, I'm thinking of a dumb joke to make. What's the dumb joke? She really lowered her ERA last night. Oh no! Anyway, anyway, the game was scoreless through four <laughs> innings. We get to we get to the fifth inning. Unfortunately, Eastside uh, one hit makes the difference there. Mm-hmm. One nothing. But then the sixth inning, Westview puts themselves in position in the potential game tying run. Alexis Antle hits a double to left center to the fence. You know, imagine if it was just maybe like five to ten feet more, you know, you could mm-hmm. tie the game. Right, just be <laughs> a couple feet nice. higher and that's uh, it's over the it's, fence. It's tough. So, 
it was unfortunate because it was with two outs. I mean, it put them in a position. I mean, they had a shot. They had three runners in scoring position throughout the game. So they had a couple opportunities. And they made decent contact at times against Lauer, Lower, whatever Lower. you want to say. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, every, every, every time in the infield, ground balls always hit them where, where the position players were. So they had their opportunities. The sixth inning, Bree Caldwell unfortunately strikes out on three pitches with Antle on second base to get to uh, get rid of that opportunity there. And then the seventh inning, they get Sarah Lapp. She walks, two outs. Potential game time run at first, but uh, nothing would come of that either. And then the season, unfortunately, came to a close. And then Eastside's uh, in the circle celebrating with yeah. the trophy, next thing you know. so But, I mean, you really can't take anything away from Westview. Really young team. 17 and 5, you say 16 and 5. I think it's 16 and 5. One of the two. Yeah. You know, awesome record, sectional title. Did something at Westview that had never been done before. Obviously, it sucks to lose in this. I mean, it's never easy to lose, especially right. especially if you get past Eastside. I mean, the road probably gets. I mean, because he said, yeah, because he said, I mean, it's, they're the top. Well, that's, what, that's what Jeremy Williams said. He's like, I really feel like we could have made a run to state if we just gotten past Eastside. Like yeah. if Eastside wasn't there, they felt good going into semi-state. So mm-hmm. it's tough. It is. It's just, it. it is tough. And, you know, to lose three of your five games to one team, that's, that's painful. But they did kind of, a, you know, beat the boogeyman in Fairfield mm-hmm. in the semifinal. And they almost... I mean, they were down to their final out. They were down 2-1 at the bottom of the seventh against Fairfield and tied the game. Mm-hmm. So, get to extra innings and then win it in extra innings. Uh, that was huge, you know. And then the Bremen game, obviously, one nothing, 10-inning game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if you have uh, the full season stats or career stats of Alexis Anto, but I'm going to read some of them. You have the career stats? This is courtesy of our uh, Super Sam on Twitter. Did, he, so, did you ask for him? No, he just tweeted it out. I, I didn't do that much work. He tweeted it out. So, <laughs> um, She had a 503 average for her career, 52 RBIs, 54 stolen bases. Not bad. And then pitching-wise, 349 and two-thirds innings pitched, 643 strikeouts, had a 34 and 15 record with a 1.7 ERA. It's pretty solid. Teams batted 153 against her. Not bad. Opponent batting average. Yeah. University of Finley. University of Finley in Ohio is getting a very good pitcher. Let me just say that. Do we know if what was it? D two. Division two. D two. They made yeah. the uh, NCAA Division two tournament for the first time in program history this year. I saw. Well, adding her, adding, adding her is not going to hurt. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That's for so, sure. Congrats to Westview. Great season, uh, and also Northridge softball. We'll talk about the Raiders. They finished up their season last night, too. Um, tough loss to Penn. 17-4 to was the final score. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, it was 5-4 at one point. It was 5-4 yeah. in the, <laughs> uh, you know, through four innings of, of play, it was 5-4. Uh, the floodgates really opened. Northridge kind of beat themselves. Seven errors in the game. That's really, really not good. And then... When they would commit an error, Penn would take advantage 
They hit three home runs. Should have had four. One of them was to dead center field. That would have been over the fence, but in at Northridge softball field, like the f- the fence is extended up like ten feet mm-hmm. in center field because of the for pitching reasons. Yep. It would have been over the fence, but it hit the top of that wall, and it was a long single. So they really had four home runs, but only three uh, officially. And you know, just again. For Northridge, it's and all of our teams in the 4A, it's Penn. Penn. It's just <laughs> Penn. Eight in a row, eight regionals in a row for Penn. Longest streak in IHSCA history. Now, it's helped them a lot that the regional has become one game as opposed to a two game regional, which it used to be in the past. So the eight in a row, while impressive, it is a little different than what it used to be like in the 80s and 90s and even in the early 2000s before they changed the format like 10 years ago. So that's why it's a little misleading in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, but, yeah, so obviously, it, you know, Northridge had a great season still, 20-10 and 10 overall record, NLC champs, won the sectional. Uh, Abby Hostetler was amazing, threw a no-hitter against Goshen in the sectional, uh, rolled through Elkhart, rolled through Concord, Um she ended up going 16 and 5 this year with a .76 ERA, 292 solid. strikeouts, like really really good. Um so, yeah, it just it's just tough, you know, like to keep reaching the ceiling, I feel like, you know. Right. Death Texas and Penn softball. Mm-hmm. It feels like, you know, for the Elkhart County area. So, you know, seven of the wins for Penn in that stretch have been by 10 plus runs as well the only one that was close was last year it was 5-3 game Penn beat Northridge so and the thing with Penn all of their players are are like juniors or younger like they have no seniors so they're all coming back next year and most of the players are sophomores and freshmen so they're going to be here for at least two more years so it's like we're still here yeah like they're they're not going anywhere they're going to be better actually the year to beat the year to beat Penn was last year. That was the year to beat them, mm-hmm. and Northridge just couldn't pull it out. And then, you know, this year, like they have, Penn has figured it out. They have, they're going to be they're going to be a tough out in the semi-state. So we'll, I wouldn't be surprised if they won two games there. Four A is very tough, but still, they they got the bats. They got a good balance. They got speed, good pitching, and yeah. So that. Just, just a tough way. Like, it's just painful to watch it, you know, again. Like, someone please beat these guys. You know what I mean? Again. Yeah. I feel like we got robbed, man. What do you mean? We got robbed. We needed we needed at least, you know, one Northridge-Westview softball matchup at some point before they <laughs> left. Just wanted to see. Hostetler versus yeah. Antel. Just wanted to see what happened because what – What's what were the stats? What were the, what was uh, Abby's walk to strikeout ratio? <clears throat> I, I don't I didn't write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. I was on Game Changer. I have it on Game Changer. I, I have Alexis's here, and then I can look up Abby's. I'm just curious the difference. To be honest, I will look up uh, Abby's while you. What is what was Alexis Antel's walk to strikeout ratio? Well, or strikeout to walk ratio. Yeah, one of the two. It's the same. You can say it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. According to Game Changer, 255 strikeouts to 15 walks. Is yours working? Yes. 
Abby Hostetler had 292 strikeouts and 44 walks. Oh, how many how many innings pitched? 156 and two thirds. Okay, so she pitched 26 more innings. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, that's tough to. <laughs> I mean, those numbers pretty pretty even. Yeah, it's tough to be like, man, one person is better than the other. I always love to bring up this debate. <laughs> I know it's your favorite debate. I just talk about the blind draw on the regional locations. That's all I care about. So, speaking of regional locations, uh, is that a good segue for baseball? Baseball talk? I suppose. I guess that good good uh, good season for softball. I thought Goshen mm-hmm. had a nice season. Concord showed flashes of being solid. Fairfield, you know, um, Concord finished above five hundred. Well, I think barely. Yeah, Concord above was above 500. Northwood had some moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wawasee's young. They're going to be better, I think, next year. Mm-hmm. So, good good overall, I would say, for us. Yeah, but the pitching now, what are we going to do? I know, there's no pitching. Where's coming. the good Tyra pitching? Markham. Tyra Markham is coming back. She also hits the ball like crazy. She's going to be... Our best player probably coming all back. All around, all around yeah. player. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, baseball. Baseball talk. Let's do it. Um Put we have me in two coach. sectional champions. Stop. We have two <laughs> sectional champions. One was uh, not a surprise, I would say. Fairfield, not as much of a surprise. Fairfield wins the 2A, sectional 35 over Westview. They almost blew another 6 0 7 inning lead against the Warriors. Um, the only difference this time, I think, was that Alec Hirschberger was not at 115 pitches, so he could stay in the game. And get the big strikeout at the end. Uh, but he loaded the bases up, and it was 6-3. And here comes Mason, or not Mason, Alec Titus for Westview, their leading RBI yeah, hitter. Yeah, he's a good hitter, too. Yeah, it was drama. Lefty versus lefty, though. That probably helped Hirschberger, you know. So, uh, got the big strikeout. They won their first sectional since 2010. Uh, a lot of emotions after the game. You know, it had been almost two weeks since they were there the last time. With all the emotions of Caden Schrock and big game, and then they blew the big lead at the end, and so it was kind of—I don't want to say a full circle moment, but it was redemption. Redemption, yeah. They closed it out this time, so well, at the spot that mattered more. Yeah, for sure. Right, right. You obviously yeah. would want yeah. to win this one as opposed <laughs> to two weeks ago. So, I mean, uh, that was a big, that was a big game too, though. Yeah, obvious, it was. For you would like reasons. to win it for Caden, but they they won the sectional championship. For him, and uh, yeah, just a really good game. It was like Fairfield was beating them kind of like by death by a thousand paper cuts, basically. It, Owen Miller had a two-run homer in the first inning, but then it was one run in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth innings. Like, nothing overly flashy, just solid hits, good at bats, getting a one run across every inning. Like, I don't even know if Westview played bad. It wasn't like Westview was kicking the ball around. It just... Fairfield was playing better, you know, mm-hmm. and Westview just didn't get those big hits until the final inning, and then they almost pulled off another comeback. So that would have been horrible for Fairfield. The same exact score, yeah, same place, literally, same, no, like, same team. When it, when it went to the top of the seventh, I tweeted like thirteen days ago. It was six nothing Fairfield going into the seventh with Hershberger on the mound, like, and then Westview came back. Like, could it happen again? And then it almost happened again. Almost unbelievable. It was insane. So, Darren Darren Kaufman, coach, was like, yeah, I couldn't help but thinking about 13 days ago, we were in the same spot. So, 
And uh, But they pulled through. Big win. Happy for him. I like Darren. He's one of the better guys. I feel like better coaches in the area. It's finally nice to see them break through and win this sectional championship. They hadn't done it in 12 years. Yep. So. Did you talk to Jason as well? Was he? Uh, I did talk to Jason. Was he sad after? He was a little sad. He was like the best thing was that we had experience in the same exact situation 13 days ago when we could pull off of when we went in the seventh inning. But they're a young team. Westview is still young. A lot, of, a lot of guys coming back. Titus is a senior, so they're going to graduate him. But, I mean, Maddie Morchard, the catcher, both Angle kids are, you know, young. Um, Mason Wire coming back. You know, they're going to have some – and Braden Kaufman, like, they're going to have guys back next year. Like, they'll be they'll be fine. They're going to be another really good team, I think, next year. They'll so. be just fine. Yeah. So, uh, good for them. And uh, Fairfield – What? Playing East Side. Yeah. Believe East, it or not. Yep. It'll be Hirschberger versus Owen Willard, just like how it was a couple weeks ago. Regular season game that East Side won. I believe it was 6 nothing. I forgot uh, to look up the score before I walked in. On May 11th? Yes. It says 9-3. 9-3. Sorry. It was like Eastside had a big six-run inning. That was a difference. Um, so they're going to Whiting High School, which is, uh, you know, drive to Chicago and make a U-turn. So I'll be there. Evan will be there. <laughs> yes. Uh, Fairfield is 19-6, and six, and Eastside is 20-7. and seven. That is correct. The winner of that game will play the winner of Winnemac versus Ileana Christian. Winnemac eighteen and four, Ileana eighteen and seven. Uh, Fairfield Eastside is eleven a.m. Eastern, ten a.m. local time, and then Winnemac Ileana fouls them, and the final is set for seven p.m. Eastern, six Central, out there in Whiting in the region. Whiting. Yes. White. And. We had another so, yeah. sectional title team, too. What? Didn't we? I think we had so. another one? Yeah. I think, Did we? I think we had another one that won, too. Were you Were you there for that? Yeah, I was. Who, who was it? It was the Wawasee Warriors. Wawasee. Baseball team, the Fighting Joe Salzars. Pulled it off. How about that? Played Northwood. Uh, as we know, Northwood's had a down year. But. But. They beat Jimtown. They upset Jimtown to get there. Bo Patterson, three-run homer, top of the sixth inning to beat the Jimmies. He had a home run against Wawasee, too. Yep. Didn't matter. Yeah, too little, too but. late. <laughs> it was already 6 nothing Wawasee yeah. at the time. But, but uh, yeah, they got Wawasee's been on a roll recently. This was their sixth win in a row. They had five losses this season. They lost by one run. And in all those games, they were winning. I don't know. I did the, yeah. My, my he held hand. up three fingers again when talking about one. One. There you go. One. Visual medium. So they're, they're at 13 and 14 now. Uh, it seems like they're in a rhythm at the best possible time. Joe Salazar talked about the reason for the turnaround is putting those small mistakes behind them. They're building confidence, and it's really translated onto the field. I mean, they really jumped out on Northwood. It's what they should have done. They're the better team in this situation, but they did what they needed to do. Lucas Ringle, two, Ringler. Ringler. I said Ringle. Ringler. <laughs> I know it's Ringler. Two RBI single to start the game. Uh, Caleb Salazar hit a three RBI double with two outs to clear the bases. Dylan Stump solo shot that hit the top of the scoreboard. 
just yeah so yeah, yeah. No, I, thought, <laughs> I don't know you're sorry. looking at something <laughs> you saw me move I thought I heard something like fall I don't know what was going on so um, at, at that point six yeah. nothing they have all the all the confidence all the momentum and they just kind of rode it I mean Northwood did make some noise later in the game you know it was they had the potential I mean the bases were loaded late potential game tying run it was nine Nine to five. Nine to five. Nine to five. Nine to five. But nothing came of it, unfortunately. Grant Brooks, yep. I mean, the, Ty Brooks pitched really well for Wabasee the first five innings. Grant Brooks obviously wants to come in, finish out the game. He's a senior, wants to do it for his team. Yeah. But he ended up giving up more hits than Ty did in five innings. Grant Brooks gave up more hits in two innings. So, mm-hmm. so the Panthers really got I, to him. They made it interesting there at the end. But I've I've noticed in the sectional they did not start Grant Brooks I believe unless they started him in that first game against Tippy but they have had him close out the last two games so I wonder if that's going to be a strategy like for them moving forward like you know we're gonna start one of our secondary guys hopefully we can stay in the game and then bring in Grant to kind of shut down the shut him down at the end you know what I mean so. Yeah, I'm going to pull that up. Hold on. I'm going to pull up the first first sectional game. I know they did it the last two. Mm-hmm. I know they did it against um, Lakeland in the semifinal, and they did it, obviously, against... Um, I think... I have a feeling he started that game, and then it was pulled, but I could be wrong. Yeah, let me look it up. No, uh, against Tippy Valley, uh, Grant Brooks pitched four innings of relief. Mm. Um Cole Turner started the game, pitched three innings, and then Grant pitched four innings. Against Lakeland in the semifinal, he pitched the final inning in a third. Cole Turner also started that game. Mm-hmm. Ty Brooks then came in, pitched three and two-thirds. Grant finished it an inning in a third. And then against Northwood, it was tie for five. Mm-hmm. That's not a fun. Tie for five. Tie for five. And Grant the last two. So they've used Grant as like the closer the last three games. So... That's that's an interesting strategy. I mean, they're probably going to continue. I would guess they're going to do that on Saturday too against Newcastle. First game regional, Newcastle, mm-hmm. my favorite school. You know, they're sixteen five and one. Yeah, they got to tie them there. How about that? Wallasee thirteen and fourteen, but mm-hmm. again, they've won six in a row. They're playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of confidence going in. Yep. So, and uh, the other semifinal that day, Bishop Dwenger versus Norwell. Dwenger twenty and nine, Norwell eighteen and eleven or eighteen ten. Mm-hmm. Already gave him a loss to Dwinger, huh? Um, this is all at Oak Hill High School, by the way, in Converse, Indiana. That's fun. Is that, is that 15, 10, 15 minutes uh, northwest-ish of Marion. Marion with an O. Is that where Converse uh, originated? The shoe? It might. He's in the, he's in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, remember? The yeah. The guy who created Converse's. His last name's Converse? I think. I don't remember. And he's from Indiana? Yeah. Hmm. So then it must not be based off the Converse. And that, unless he was like inspired by that. But if that's his last name, then obviously he's, it's going to be the last name. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Oak Hill High School, Converse, Indiana. Wallacey, Newcastle, 11 a.m. And then Dwenger and Norwell to follow. Championship game, 8 p.m. Saturday. Yours truly will be there for the first game. 
If Wallace wins, then I'll be there for the second game. If they lose, might be going to Bloomington for the state track meet. For track. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Quickly, though, let's talk about the end of the girls' tennis team team season for us. Fairfield uh, fell in semi-state to Delta 3-2. to two. Tough, tough loss. Three, three set matches that uh, happened in that match. Two of them won by Delta. So that ended up, you know, being... They're so close. They were. So close, They man. were. They gave it everything. They were. They, they hung in there against a really good team. So congratulations to Fairfield on a great season. Addison Mass continued to be her dominant... Uh, dominant ways won her match so she actually advances in the individual regional tournament mm-hmm. so she's going to be playing over at Laporte High School this Saturday along with uh, Northridge Junior Lila Dean correct she's 27 so one what 27 one yeah, this year pretty amazing I didn't know she lost it all honestly every every time I see her compete it's like you know 6-0 yeah, <laughs> quick two set match yeah. every time I mean she won 6-2 6-1 on Saturday, so Fairfield had uh, beat Angola and then Westview in the regional. Westview had beaten Concord, so in case you were living under a rock, hadn't been reading our stories, there's yeah, our, there's there the regional tennis recap. Westview won a crazy three-two match over Concord in this regional. Uh, that three singles, three singles match went about three and a half hours. So. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it sounds the best. about right. Yeah, the best tennis um, man. It can it can really drag on if it if you get a really really long three set match. It's it's ridiculous how long they go, mm-hmm. honestly. But mm-hmm. that's the fun part of tennis. That's at least when it's competitive. It's, it comes down to one last match, and it, whoever wins that whoever wins that match, individual match, wins the team match. Right. I mean, it was ex- it was exciting for the moment. The match wasn't as exciting. Three singles can be very hard to watch sometimes. No offense, <laughs> uh, but a lot of the, volleys. The backdrop drama of what was like what it meant was was cool. So I hope you remember it forever and cherish it. Can't forget it at this rate. Almost missed headline because of it. Um, That's true. So yeah, they Fairfield had a really good season as a team. Um, a couple of their players will be back, obviously. Mast, Stud, you know. So she's the most she, important. She's got piece. a chance to win the individual tournament, so we'll see how she does this weekend. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it for girls tennis. I don't anything else you gotta mention girls tennis. No, nope, we only we have the two individuals left. Yep, that's all. That's all we're waiting on to finish. But that'd be fun if we can get one of them to uh, get to state. Yeah, just like uh, Catherine Detweiler and um, Joya Drenth, Goshen double team made it to state last year. Mm-hmm. Ran into Carmel, which happens. Everyone has to play Carmel at something eventually. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. Tennis. Good. Good spring. Good spring for the tennis. A lot of Fair, Fairfield. A lot of solid records. Yeah. Fairfield was the headliner, of course. Um, yeah. A lot of decent individuals. Like we got some good individuals coming back, so I'm excited for that. Across many schools, Northwood, yes. Concord, yes, Northridge, yes, Fairfield. As whole we, Northwood, as we just whole said. Northwood team is coming back. Westview as well mm-hmm. had a pretty solid season. Yep. So, all right, uh, track. We talked about it a little bit. 
kind of. We've got the state meet this weekend. Girls, Friday, boys, Saturday. 3 p.m. starts at IU. Bloomington, the track facility down there, home of the Hoosiers. They just hosted the NCAA meet there like a week or two ago. So how about that? Must be a really nice facility. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty legit from what I've heard. Um, In the girls' side... We had an okay regional, not the best showing I thought we could have gotten. Concord really struggled, didn't get anybody out. Um, Northwood only got two, the 4x1 and the 4x8 relay teams. Northridge got their 4x4 team. Uh, The surprise was Brooklyn Reddig winning the high jump for Lakeland. Uh, She was seeded like 10th going in, and she won. So, But she's 21st seed at the state meet out of 27. So uh, maybe it wasn't the best regional. I don't know. Uh, it's That's happened before. That's fine. Uh, our best chance at the state meet, Emma Yoder, for the for the girls at least. Discus is the eighth seed from Wawasee, sophomore. Um, she was third in the regional. So hopefully she can, uh, you know, continue her success. Top eight would get her a, get her a medal. She'd be on the podium. So that, that'd be cool. That's but, a big podium. I think it's like nine. The top nine are podium finishers. So. That's fun. You know, imagine being nine, and then one is like two stories above <laughs> you at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if they have like the actual podium, like the ninth place person just stands on the ground near the podium. Uh, that counts. That's worse. Podium. <laughs> yeah, they have like only three, and everyone else is just like standing on, under no number. They're just standing there. Yeah, that's tough. That's yeah. tough. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that'll be Friday. And I, I don't know what to expect. You never know. It's states weird, but you know, uh, yeah, we'll see. And then boys on Saturday, um, we've got three guys, two guys from Northridge really that are in contention for a podium and their mm-hmm. events. Jack Moore, 3,200 meter run. Not a surprise. He's the number four seed. Going into this thing, he's got a chance, I feel like, to win it. Um, Jackson Miller with a surprise 800-meter win at the regional junior for Northridge. Um, He's seated ninth in the event, so we'll be intrigued to see how he does. Uh, And then Mason Floria also going down to 300 hurdles for Northridge. He's a 16 seed there. Um, Don't make him mad. He gets angry. He was a little angry uh, at regional. But he got the state in the 300, so that's cool. Uh, Brevin Miller from Northwood will be in shot put and discus. So he's a 15 seed in shot put, but he hit the state standard throw uh, distance in the event, which is impressive. That just shows you how deep it is in shot put this year. Yeah. I mean, 15th, and there's, you know, everyone above you's hit the state standard too, which is crazy. Um, he's 23rd in discus. He hasn't been as focused on discus this year. Um, I got a little story actually coming out about him Thursday, so check it out when it comes out. Read about his whole life. Not really, not his whole life, but his his, senior season. Um, Concord with two kids. Anthony Roberts is seated 14th in the 1600. Jatan Thomas 20th in the 100 dash. And then Goshen has the 4x8 team, 15th. Tommy Claxton individually in the 3200 is seated 16th, so... What inspired you about Brevin Miller? Uh, he's been very good the last, pretty much the whole year, but the last couple of weeks he's really come on strong. 
and I haven't interviewed him more so. Like, tried to find him after the regional, and he was already gone. So that was that was upsetting. He was eating um, But he was close to state last year in shot put. He was he fell short by four point seven five inches. He was fourth place and four point seven five inches short of third to get state. Mm-hmm. So he's you know, and he's improved his throwing by more than five feet this year. Broke the school record two weeks ago in the sectional. He just had a really nice year. This is his last, you know, meet. Just wanted to give a little spotlight to the kid. He's had a nice year and felt like giving him some love. So, you know, wow. sh- shining us a light on our athletes, shining our local athletes. <laughs> He's had a good year, man. He's had a really good year. Good kid, you know. Really mm-hmm. enjoyed talking to him on the phone. So, I'm excited to write about this whole year for him. Do you think he could beat you up? Do I think he can beat me up? Yes. Yes. you take you out. RKO you. <laughs> what have you? What I just like imagine you getting RKO'd by Brevin Miller just now. So good. <laughs> You're smiling. I see it. You're not saying anything, but you think it's kind of funny. It's a little funny. Boys golf sectional <laughs> is this week. How about that? Friday, boys golf. Yeah. I can get RKO'd. Boys golf. RKO. We're going to have an RKO debate? No. I mean, I can't tell if you're actually annoyed or not. No, I think I'm just I'm just playing it off. Just playing it off. That's fine. Well, I boys apologize. golf. Boys golf. Yeah. We have some solid teams in boys golf as well. We do. Sectional this Friday. Nine of our ten schools go to Meadow Valley in Middlebury. Headlined by Northridge, I would mm. say. Yes. Uh, Northridge. Played a full 18-hole match against Fairfield and Lakeland on Tuesday at Meadow Valley to get ready for the sectional. Northridge went 316. Fairfield went 355. Lakeland 374. 316. That's an, that's a that is a regional potential like winning a regional number. Like, yeah. Like I, I'll tell you what, the last couple of weeks, Northridge has been really playing well. And I'm not saying it will happen, but if they shoot the way they've been shooting the last couple of weeks, they are going to have a chance to get to state as a team. That is, I didn't think I was going to be saying that in first week of May, even because mm-hmm. it's really, really hard. It's still very hard for our teams to get through, but they are playing very well right now. They are hanging with Warsaw pretty much every invite they're in, mm-hmm. and that's a good sign to me. Brock Rushley, he's been really consistent. Ty Miller's a great two-man there. And then you have Kobe and Connor Ostetler, great three and four as far as – because you have to have – in order to be a really good team, you, you have to have, have consistent numbers from all four of your – at least four of your and five consi- players. Consistent low numbers, not just consistent numbers. you got to be yeah. 85 or lower mm-hmm. to, to really do anything. And – that's the way it's been. I mean, Brock's been shooting low 70s. You have Ty, who's been in the 70s as well consistently. And then you have Kobe and Connor, who have been staying in the low 80s as well. So, I mean, when you when you get that when you get that kind of, you know, performances from your top four, you can have a 316. You can, cons- you can, you can think, oh, yeah, we could potentially make it to state as a team. You know that's mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. So yeah, if they if they play at their best in the regional, they will have a chance to make it out. Like 
they're going to be in that contention because Warsaw will probably take a spot. And then generally Columbia City has a good team. Usually Leo. Mm-hmm. Like those, any eight schools are pretty solid. Fort Wayne schools. Like it's going to be a dogfight between six, seven schools to get those three spots. And I think Northridge is one of those schools you can count in that dogfight. Mm-hmm. So, and also individually, I got to shout out Earl Williams, Northwood. He's had a really, he had a really good week last week. Shot a 68 at Tippy Canoe Lake Country Club to be the medalist in an invite there last Monday, and then 70 at Pretty Lake in the Warsaw invite. Like, pretty good. Two two individual medalists in, in events that had Warsaw in it. So that's pretty good. He's been consistent all season. He's right. always, he's always one of the top individual performances, at least from what I've he, covered as well. He is, but those are still really good numbers. 68 and 70. I mean, those are really solid. I know. I'm just saying yeah. he, he hasn't really had many bad performances individually this season. You know, he's just been very consistent, and recently he's reached a new level. Yep. So. And uh, so yeah, there's really six teams for three spots at the sectional on Thursday or Friday. Northridge will probably get one of them. I would be stunned if they don't at this point. Unless they just played terribly. Right. We probably just hyped them up way too much. Yeah. We just jinxed them. So let's let's bring it down a level. They're gonna yeah. play bad. Yep, they're gonna okay. shoot four ten. Reverse reverse uh, psychology. Though. They're gonna shoot a six thirteen. Yeah, which wow. is impossible. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Goshen, Northwood, Westview, Lakeland, Fairfield are the other five teams I would consider as chances to get out of the sectional to regional. Westview and Fairfield both have great individual performers. Yeah, at the top. But they don't have consistent enough across the board, I think, in my mind, to be able to be one of the top three. I'm really looking at Northwood and Goshen be the other three, maybe, you know. Yeah, I, I think it I think it favors the NLC teams as well. Northwood, mm-hmm. Goshen, Northridge. Mm-hmm. Lakeland, if their top three shoot. You know, Tommy Curtis, Ben Kyle, Nate Kyle, if they're all low, like mm-hmm. if they were at the NECC meet, they got a chance to get out. But I, they shot 374 there. That that scares me a little bit. You know, course could be different. Conditions can be different on um, Friday, you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like the NLC will get the top three. And then we'll go from there. With With – you know, Braden Miller from Fairfield, Silas Har from Westview, Nate, one of the Kyles, and probably Curtis getting out as individuals for Lakeland. He's like, they're going to, the all six of those schools should have players at the regional next week, mm-hmm. I yeah. think. So, I would agree with that. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing with me. Took you long enough. Um, I do sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I do. When I tell you to, basically. <laughs> Oh, ha. Ha. I am hilarious. At least I laugh at you. You didn't laugh at the RKO of Brevin Miller. You're just like, you know what? We're moving on. Yeah, I did. Boys not, golf. I, I, didn't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like the thought of a high school kid RKOing me. Yeah. I mean, he's a strong guy. I'm sure. He is a strong he's guy. He's a very strong guy. So. Yeah, he throws shot put very far. Shot put goes far. When Miller throws it. All right, that was a fun uh, discussion about boys golf. Mm-hmm. I think we touched touched on everything we wanted to touch on there as well. Do you want to uh, quickly 
Yeah, we got to talk about. I went to the Indy 500. I got to talk about that for like an hour. So you have a few minutes. Couple, wow. Couple. Who, wait, you make the rules now? I thought I was in charge. Don't ramble about the Indy 500. It was a very cool experience. Uh, I've always wanted to go. It was a late invite tea from a friend. His mom tested positive for COVID. She's doing fine. She's doing fine. We're all good. We're all good. You're like, oh, tough. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, but, uh, sorry to hear that, God, but thank you yeah. for inviting me to the Indy 500. <laughs> like, oh, yes, I will go. Um, very cool. If you've never been, go. It's a bucket list sports item for me. Uh, I think it's a bucket list sports item for any casual sports fan in general. It is the greatest spectacle in racing. It's very cool. See cars going 220 miles an hour. Everything around it is very cool. Just, I don't know. It was just an awesome experience. Like, it lived up to the hype. So, shout out Marcus Erickson for winning. So, whoever that is, I don't from know. Sweden. Is it two C's? Yes. He's not, from Sweden. Not a K. He's not from Sweden. E R I C C K S O N. Yeah. E R I C C S O N. Marcus Erickson. He won $3.1 million, the largest purse for a winning driver of the Indy 500 ever. That's it. Not a bad payday. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. It was a fun race. A lot of um, big moments, crashes. Um, there were some boring stretches, not going to lie, but there was a lot of fun. We were sitting right near turn one. Was there crashes? Did you say yeah. there was? We didn't see any of them. None of them happened in front of us, but Dang crashes it. did happen. Yeah. Bummer, I know. What'd you do? Because you got there really early. What'd you do for hours and hours well, while you were waiting? My my friends had uh, pit passes. So he and I walked around the garages for a little bit. They have a golf course in there as well in the infield. So we walked around that a little bit, just kind of exploring. They're having um, a concert in there too, I think. Yeah, it's called the Snake Pit. Yeah. yeah they do music. <laughs> They're not there for the race. Um, that's great people watching is that, that the Snake Pit. Um yeah, so we just chilled. Um, we got back to our seats around 11, and the you know they let you bring your own food in and drinks. So we were just you know kind of vibing, eating food, you know, conversing. Race started at 12:45. Uh, you know. Did you buy some uh, memorabilia? I did not, but I kept one of the pit passes and my ticket. Like it's an actual ticket, you know, that you have to bring in. Yeah. You know, Elio Castroneves on that because he was he won it last year. So, did you see any of the uh, drivers close up? Um, kind of, but not really. Like we were walking around back there, and we saw uh, Jimmy Johnson and uh, I think it was Tony Kanan getting interviewed. So that was cool. We got to walk past that, see that. Um, not really like up and close with any of the drivers, really, but it was still cool. Um, so yeah, we we thought we were gonna get there. A lot later than we did. We left early because it usually takes more than an hour or two hours to get to the track. There's 300,000 people trying mm-hmm. to get to the same place. But my friend's dad found a way around the traffic. It only took us 45 minutes to get there. Instead of, like, in a normal day, it's probably a 10-minute drive from his apartment to the track. 15-minute yeah. drive. But with all the traffic, it was supposed to take us about an hour plus and then it only took us like 45 minutes, so it ended up being great. So we had a lot more time to kill, but it's a lot of walking around that place. It's a huge, you know, it's, a, it's huge. It's huge. It's so, just huge. <laughs> That's the word. It's huge. It is. It's huge. Uh, it was a lot of fun, man. It was. It was a blast. And uh, really happy that my friend invited me. 
unfortunately, you know, under those circumstances, of course, so this mom, you know, but she's doing fine. We all, we're all good. So no one's, you know, she's vaccinated. So just got it. She's just a little fatigued. Obviously doesn't want to walk around and start spreading it to other people. So what are you doing? Nodding off. You're not. Fatigue. Fatigue. I thought you were like making a, like, like give me like the wrap it up signal. Like. No, but. That was a fun story. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I felt like I was there. I was, yeah. pictu- I was picturing myself. You and I, we got to go to it next year. At the Indy 500. Yeah, if I'm still here a year from now. Wow. Just, just kidding. Just put it out there for the world. <laughs> All right. Uh, Celtics Warriors. Warriors in seven. Warriors in six. Yeah, I feel like that feels better. Feels Warriors going to win it. Mm-hmm. Celtics could win it, but... I don't know. I'm really enjoying liking Steph Curry and Klay Thompson again. Because there was a couple years there when they had Durant where you couldn't like him. I still don't I like Draymond like Green that much, though. Draymond's okay. I, I understand his his role. He does what he does well. He's annoying, but he does what he does well. Two points, 12 rebounds, four fouls or something like that. Right. That's, what he, that's fine. That's his stat line usually. So, um, but it's it's fun to like the Warriors again. That's That's been my takeaway from this playoffs. So I hope they win the title. It would be cool for Boston to win just because it's, you know, Tatum is kind of ascending into his star, you know, role here. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown too. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about just, you know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and they're just so much fun to watch. It's been refreshing to watch them again be like the Warriors. Like this reminds me of 2015. So it's cool redemption story too with all the injuries they've had. So Yeah. Al Horford, it's his first NBA Finals ever. Good for Al Horford. He had he had played the most playoff games without making the NBA Finals of anyone. You know who is now the all-time leader in that stat? Nope. My friend, who I went to the Indy 500, is a big basketball fan. He texted this to us, me and my friends, the other day. It's Paul Millsap, mm, current Utah yeah. Jazz. He was on the Hawks when they were really good, but never made the Finals. He's been on the Jazz when they've been good, but never made the finals. He's played in 130 playoff games. So, shout out my friend right. Ross. Indy 500 ticket giver and NBA factoid knowledge haver. That sounded right. Sure. That sounded uh, interesting. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, go Bolts. NHL. The Avalanche and Oilers. Western Conference Finals. 8-6. first game. How about that? And then you got Lightning and... The Rangers tonight, game one. That'll be like a one nothing game. Like, if you love goals, watch Edmonton, Colorado. If you love goalies, Tampa, New York. Catch me at MSG tonight. Yeah, you're going? Could you imagine? Oh, yeah, I'm just hopping on my uh, private plane. Those, t- those at tickets the, are at like the, at least four figures each. No. I mean, they're still high. They're still to the point I wouldn't pay for them. They're like starting at 300-something. Yeah, So too much. Too much. I get to hop on my private plane at the Goshen Regional Airport and yep. uh, see you guys later. <laughs> it's an international airport for you, you know. You fly all around out of there. So um, I feel like New York's not crazy far from here. It's not regional enough though. You could you could drive there in like twelve hours. I don't think it takes twelve hours to get to NYC from here. You think it does? It's roughly that, I think. Well, as we leave this podcast, I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the outro tag and then you drop the mileage here at the end. So thank you, everyone, for listening to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. We'll be back next week 
We'll have a recap of regional baseball, state track, sectional golf, and uh, maybe we'll have semi-state baseball to preview. Who knows? We'll have regional golf to preview, but semi-state, maybe. So, maybe. semi-state baseball, maybe. We'll see. All right. Evan, how far is it from Goshen to New York City? 10 hours and 24 minutes. Wow, I was way off. Not a way off. 600, 12 hours. 690 miles away. Good to know. So, you'll be at game two. No. <laughs> all right. See you all next week. 